Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? An exploration of Knight Rider and, and who knows where else is going. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Jay McCain. Uh, and we're aiming to be your officially unofficial guide for uh, action television uh, mm. from a Gen X perspective. I, I, maybe uh, we should introduce ourselves. I'm, I'm, I'm Aaron. You probably know me. You've heard me on a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, J- uh, Jesse, or Jay McCain, what, what are you going on? I'm sorry. I fucked up either, already. Either is good. Jesse or Jay. Uh, tell tell uh, people a little bit about yourself. Uh, boy, I'm about, uh, I'm almost to the month. No, to the month. Ten years younger than Aaron. And Aaron yeah. and I have been good friends for some time. Ten, fifteen years, something like that Coming up on fifteen, yeah. And, um, I think what this experiment is, is, like, every now and then, Aaron and I butt up a little bit generationally, you know? <laughs> yeah. And just like I have... I have like the where I work, the cook is t- exactly ten years younger than me, and so like he has like some zoomy tendencies, mm. and I'm like kind of in the middle because now like millennials are becoming we're getting old now. That's true. All my all my friends are buying houses. My daughter's almost ten years old, so like whatever. Like the world is in the hand of the zoomies now, but I'm still mm-hmm. just trying to understand some of this great art and culture <laughs> that was left behind. <laughs> By the uh, the greatest generations. Yeah, yeah, and we somehow got onto conversation about this stuff at a, a recent gathering, and I was talking about like, man, it'd be kind of cool to go back and watch some of those shows to see, you know, if they if they if they hold up or because I have so yeah. many fond memories as a kid growing up watching Knight Rider, Airwolf, right. MacGyver, A Team, uh, and uh, the Knight Rider is one of the ones that kind of like loomed. Knight Rider and Airwolf are probably the ones that loom really big in my mind as being just like impossibly cool shows about high tech cars and high tech helicopters and, you know, dashing leading men. And like, man, is all that stuff hold up? Um, And also because it's it's also this wasn't like a kid show. This was like a primetime earner for NBC uh, during the the early to mid 80s. Like it was number one in its slot for a couple of years, was it not? Yeah, what I. uh what I saw on Wikipedia was basically like mash was the world killer. Like no one could beat mash and the slot that, uh, Knight Rider found itself in was like a death slot and whatever they put in there died no matter what. Um, because mash was just murdering it. And, uh, I almost said airwolf. Um, Knight Rider was the first show that got slotted there and was actually able to like hold its own against, you know, the powerhouse that is mm-hmm. the Korean war dra- dra- comedy drama. <laughs> Tragedy comedy, Mash, yeah, dramedy, yeah. Uh-huh. Which I get it. MASH is really fucking good. I yeah. do get it. Like, yeah. I, I, I still like watching MASH. But yeah, I was, I was so curious about it. Like, what what is this show that was able to, to compete, to even be able to, like, go up against one of the GOAT shows ever? Uh, this was the brainchild of Glenn Larson, who has just a long and storied career in television. Uh, to his credit, he show ran and created Battlestar Galactica. Buck, oh, the original. The original. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Uh, okay. Quincy M.E. Uh, the know. Fall Guy, Magnum P.I., and Knight Rider. I think was his last achievement, maybe his crowning achievement, his most uh, notable achievement. I don't know. Those are all pretty notable achievements. Just essentially kind of action schlocky, uh, very popular um, and very uh, episodic television, because that's the other thing 
if you are like a millennial or zoomer entering the world of mm. 80s and 90s television the idea that mm-hmm. you had long arcs Mm-mm. just did not happen and i i was and, and and the reason's obvious if you think about it if you missed the pilot episode of night rider yeah. and you know you heard about it three weeks in and you wanted to catch up on those first three episodes you got to wait 20 weeks for it th- yeah. for repeats and there's no streaming Witcher no, on, on Netflix. There, there's not an encore performance the next night at such a time. You can't catch it on HBO West. You're just if, if you miss it and if you missed a rerun, you're just fucked. You might never, ever, ever see that episode. So a VCR was ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it ba- they're, they're called Betamaxes back then. Uh, it, it, it's it was a wild time. So so television designed to be big archetypes. You're able to grasp the setting and the world from watching a single episode. And then if you miss a few, it's not that. Now, there was a few one and two parters to like really juice the ratings. But there wasn't the kind of crazy continuity you see in like Breaking Bad, Sopranos, things like that. What's interesting about that? You ever hear about how like in ancient Greek times, like a a poet would be able to recite the entire Iliad or whatever from memory. Sure, yeah. That's like an 800 page book for us. It's like. He was just doing it in one go because he never got another shot to listen to it. He's like, I'm telling you the whole damn thing right now. I'm not it's coming true. back tomorrow. That's this true. It's now. And also, if he like, I, I feel like um, with those oral histories, like we act like they wrote every 800 page exactly the same and uh, maybe a couple uh, of them. But I bet I bet when they uh, forgot a name or couldn't remember exactly what uh, they, they might just yeah. uh, just just do start doing some fan fiction right there in a spot. Yeah. And it's the original fanfiction. Yeah, n- none of the audience could read, so who's going to call him on it? So yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, so when we're done with this series, we'll each do a five-hour oral history of mm. Knight Rider and try to get it exactly perfect. Yeah, yeah, we'll have dramatic, dramatic readings. We'll get into character. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm curious because here's the thing: like anytime something that's like this huge, like if uh, I go up to any Gen Xer and ask them about Knight Rider, even ones that weren't into Knight Rider would know about Knight Rider. They'd know probably, you know, David Hasselhoff. They'd know about the black car. They'd know about the guy from St. Elsewhere giving his voice. Uh, did you have any preconceptions about it? Have you ever even heard about this show until I started talking about it? I mean, I think I knew there was a show called Knight Rider. I don't think I knew David Hasselhoff was Knight. I thought Knight Rider was spelled with an N. <laughs> Oh, because like he's got the black car, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he rides at night. Uh, yeah, um, but I think everything I knew about it was like parodies from like The Simpsons of Futurama. Mm. Yeah, because like I don't know, because I was f- kind of familiar with my mom and dad's generation of shit because that was what was on daytime television when I stayed home from school for sick or, or when I was sick or on summer vacation or whatnot. Um, I don't know the Night Rider ever had like a second life on Nick Nick at Night or. <laughs> You know, it, Which anything is like kind that. Of a damn shame. Uh, not not to tip my hat too much, but uh, when I was tasked to watch two episodes of it for this podcast, I just went ahead and watched the first four because uh-huh. I was actually I was watching it. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> the, the episodes like I'm always amazed. Like when I'm take, taking notes, like oh shit, this is halfway done, or like oh, there's only ten minutes left, or yeah, these things Dude, are, go down easy. Mm-hmm. The plot moves along, definitely, until it doesn't in the first part of part two of the pilot, which we'll get to later. Yeah, there's actually, that's the other thing I noticed is like, uh, they do a lot in these episodes. Not all of it directly makes sense. 
um, the the balls to like st- launch a show with this kind of pilot that has this many kind of leaps and and whatnot. Uh, pr- pretty true. amazing. It's definitely courageous. Uh, so do we do do we got any other like preamble we want to talk about, or should we get right into this episode? I think we should get right into the episode, and we should talk about what I think is the best thing of the show is the freaking theme song. That's an absolute cl- club banger. We'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car after this quick break. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? And we should talk about what I think is the best thing of the show is the freaking theme song. That's an absolute club banger. The uh, dude, all of these 80s action film or action series had such amazing Knight Rider and Airwolf in particular had just amazing I don't you even know. know how to explain it, but it's like the whole like vaporwave aesthetic that yeah. is actually popular amongst younger people. Like sure. I get it. It was born in this TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's very aggressive and it's like good driving fast mu- music. Honestly, and it's like mysterious. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so the show opens in Las Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Oh, I should say that this these this this is a two part episode that originally aired September twenty sixth, nineteen eighty two. Uh, it's called Night of the Phoenix, K N I G H T of the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah which, for for reasons that'll probably become pretty obvious. It's not super subtle. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're playing roulette. They're playing blackjack, and they're uh, and rolling on the river plays. Which is there's this tonal shift between like this absolute slapping intro song, and then they like to play like some oldies in this. Because it's uh, like yeah, the, the first time you see this in the pilot, it's not really what you would call a credit sequence. It's like a movie introduction, but it it's is, weird it's, because it just has a whole bunch of unrelated images of yeah. the show to come against the awesome. But it doesn't have like the voiceover that will become iconic of the the. It's just the. Mm. It's just a yeah. It's a it's a credit sequence, but not like a TV credit sequence. It's, it's cinematic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's uh, so it's a busy like floor in this casino, and there's security officers, and you know they have earpieces that they're talking into. Oh yeah. Um, there's a I I forget some of the details here, but there's a woman who's like being surveilled, um, and then uh, she she walks to a room to try and get some sort of information about microchips. Yeah. And and, and there's uh um like a maintenance man who's she walks past and he's also surveilling her. So we have like an immediate kind of like double cross. Yeah. There's like three different layers because um, there is, they've got this, this Wilson guy who is like arranging like a Charlie's angels group of beautiful women to distract these wealthy guys. And I think you're supposed to understand that they're, either stealing state secrets or valuable intellectual property or maybe both because someone calls what they're doing treason but it just seems like it's industrial espionage (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't feel like treason at all no these aren't like (laughs) nuclear warheads it's just like a new type of computer processor yeah there's a computer chip and uh, so uh she sneaks into um that guy's uh, hotel suite and takes a bunch of pictures with like her cool little in, in like 1982 probably the coolest camera you ever saw you know it was like, oh man I want one of these spy cams so bad <laughs> yeah and then uh, like someone's uh, cover gets blown and it's like we all gotta get out of here and at this point as a viewer I watched it twice 
I still don't know who really was watching who or whatever, but the point is um, <laughs> everyone gets into their cars, they run into the parking lot, and uh, the security uh, maintenance guy who happens to be a black man gets shot. So, like, immediately the first black guy in the <laughs> Muncie, <laughs> no, his name's Muncie. <laughs> Uh, and I, so he, so him and this guy named Michael are cops and they're right. busting. I think the international espionage, uh, ring of thieves, which are the women and the guy, uh, Wilson. And then there's a couple of marks at the table, but I think it's, uh, that's, that's the two levels of sting that there's, there's somebody there do up to no good. And there's someone in there also up to no good, but trying to stop the people. Um, yeah. So that's where we get our first Michael, you know? And here, so, so, um, <laughs> this entire the Vegas thing was filmed after they filmed the main part of the pilot because I apparently this starts with just like an anonymous cop getting gunned down and then the helicopter coming and picking him up. And they're like, oh, really? this is way too can we need to actually explain a little bit of the. So they hired this guy to be kind of like, you know, you notice he's got clearly Hasselhoff in hair. You know, he's got the perm, the curly hair. Um, yeah, yeah. They they have in some of the scenes, not all of them. They have David Hasselhoff dub over his lines. Yeah, it's it's real good. But but in the original pilot starts with David Hasselhoff filmed from behind, you know, or no uh, backlit, so he can't see his face, and he's just this shadowy, mysterious guy. Okay, yeah, because yeah, it's definitely like. You see this guy; he looks kind of like David Hasselhoff, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's got the and hair, then, sure. He's got the hair. He's got the same name. He gets into a black Trans Am. Uh huh. And uh, which I forgot. I had forgotten yeah. that he owned the car before they yeah. pimped it. Which is it's lucky for the guys in charge of Knight Rider or whatever mm-hmm. who build Kit that he had a nice car to begin with. Imagine if he had like a Ford Pinto or something. Yeah, or like but... an '82 Toyota Tercel. It's like that ru- <laughs> you know, just got rust panels and stuff. Yeah. I guess but you can molecularly guy... bond that shit. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> molecularly bondo that shit. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Um, so he gets in the car and drives off, right, w- with the woman beside him. And then gets out of the car, and now you don't get to see his face anymore. Right. It's like, we, ju- we just saw his face five minutes ago. What are you doing? If, we doing all these resh- if you're doing all these reshoots, do the reshoots. There's, like, there's literally like 15 <laughs> seconds more of reshoot to just make this seamless, and they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically he gets out of the car. He's like, give me the microchip and, or whatever. And then the, uh, the woman's like, how about no, you stand right there. It's a double cross again. Another double cross. This is like the third double cross in, in as many minutes. And then she shoots him directly in the face, directly (laughs) in the face. It was pretty brutal. But you don't see it because his face is all blacked out. Well, that's, do you think that they left it in there because they're like, uh, you know, Glenn Larson is like, uh, you know, if we have this uh, clean face kid turn into David Hasselhoff, there no one's going to buy it. So let's let's have a transitional period of the face enshrouded so they'll forget what he looked like. So people won't be confused, even though we're going to explain it with a complicated face off. Like I, I there's there's no amount of me turning this over my mind that made this made sense. Like I mean, maybe- and, and all of America watched these first 10 minutes are like, fuck it. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I think this might go back to the whole like you can't. Re- there's no rewind button. It's like, true. It's so, true. They're yeah, just, they're just going with the flow. Oh, That's all, like the first ten minutes of any pilot was just like assuming people are coming back from the fridge, getting beers, getting mm-hmm. their popcorn bowls. They're not paying too much yeah. attention. 
What happened? Curly head guy got shot in the face? It's, okay. uh, it's before the first commercial I mean, break. It's not going to be important. Yeah. Speaking of commercial break, this is where <laughs> where one would go. Mm-hmm. And then now we we cut to a picture of a... Which sometimes I had a hard time telling if it was a matte painting or a photograph or a helicopter shot. Uh-huh. I, I think Brit- they play with a, both. Of a British-style castle? Is this in Britain? It's a cat. It's a fucking castle. It's like, but like Down Abbey, yeah. But what did Kit the did the car fucking fly there? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and then they, they, there's a scene where they look out the window to see this giant industrial complex. So it's like I don't the the, the castle must be hiding that in the background because that that'll be explained here in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just assuming they fly to Britain at this way. I guess they ship the car in a container. Plus, plus so the, the man we're going to appreciate because as called Winton Knight. He's flying Ooh. in a helicopter while all this is going down. Is oh he just does, does he just fly around in a helicopter hoping that a police officer gets gunned down? Like, ah, oh, this cancer is about to take me. I don't got many. Yeah. Come on, Devin. How many night patrols are going to get till an officer gets gunned down? Yeah. Finally, he got shot directly in the face, uh-huh. but he's still alive. Right. And unlike the last 10 of those, he has a cool car, so we will has, save him. He has a cool car, no ties to friends or family, so we can just, yeah. you know, there's like, oh, yeah, anyways, I, I, I derailed you a bit. <laughs> it's a perfect loader, so to speak. Um. So, yeah, so now, um, presumably, um, Michael, who got shot in the face, is in a hospital bed. His face is wrapped up in gauze. Oh, He's a trach tube. Yep. Like, they gave him a fucking trach. And I'm pretty sure uh, Hoff wears some low-cut tees in this, and we don't see a trach scar. <laughs> he don't scar see a trach scar, no. Anywhere. But, um, so, um, there, so then we have, like, Mr. Knight, Big Boss Knight, what's his name? Uh, Winton. Winton Knight. Winton? Yep. Winton is not a real name. But, <laughs> It's a rich guy name. He's American, right? Uh He has an American accent, but he also kind of plays it up. He has Mm -hmm. a a very proper. And then a British guy. So there's a British guy, too. So it's like, it's still vague. Like, where are we? Is this an American billionaire who moved to Britain, which I could believe? Like, that makes sense to me. And then this this isn't any English guy. He's essentially a biological C-3PO. Like, he's got the permanent stick up his ass. He's very, yeah, prim- uh, you know, yeah. always referring to Michael as a primitive because, you know, he's got... He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's very stiffy. Very st- 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 stuffy and stiff upper lippy is what I should say. I like very stiffy. Um, and the British guy's like, he might be the only person in the world who's in worse shape than you. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some... Uh, f- I call that five shadow. Yeah, uh, Because yep. it's, it's not... not- Foreshadow's not enough. Um, and this is where we learn that Michael, Michael, um, got a steel plate in his face during Nam, during the Vietnam War. Which a means military not surgery. Enough. Not the first time he's been shot in the face. And and the way they describe the physics is like, oh, it must have hit the face. It must have hit the metal plate, deflected, run around the skull, and blew his face out. Like he got shot in the face. This bull. This is like. Yeah, JFK's got nothing on this magic bullet, man. Uh, yeah, for happy Veterans Day, by the way, uh-huh. when we're recording. <laughs> and then, uh, fa- <laughs> uh, freeze frame, music sting, fade to black, commercial break. They also assert that they'll never, that we'll, we might never know what he looked like. 
they know this guy's Please. name. Does he not have a class yearbook? Like, did they, did, did they didn't do any research on this guy? We may never know what he looked like. Like, what the hell? You saw him from your helicopter. Presumably, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously he was on the force. Like, they're probably looking for him now. Like, there's missing persons. Yeah, we, uh, we, got, we got one cop got shot. Other cop went in and take him off. And then we went out there and there's a bunch of spin bullet casings, b- pool of blood, no cop. Oh, no. Unsolved mystery, boys. <laughs> Call off the search. I mean, this was early 80s where, like, people were just obsessed with crime. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, it's like, you know, just a, and that's the thing. There's so, so much fascination in these series with people, like, just just vigilante justice. That's what this is. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, in the 80s, I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts mm-hmm. lately, mm-hmm. and, like, in the 80s, people just disappeared more. Like, mm-hmm. people just fucking vanished. Yeah, before you, you know? had uh, sur- pervasive surveillance and facial recognition yeah. techniques, it's a lot easier it, to just disappear. Yeah, it, yeah no DNA. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, this is where we learned that the the K2K, is that it? Or is it K2T? The, K, the, the Night Industries 2000. The K-I-T-T. Yeah. Night, uh, okay. Uh, I guess that works. It's almost ready, <laughs> but not... <laughs> not quite and then so now we get the big reveal the bandages are coming off <laughs> David Hasselhoff is on set now mm-hmm. and these I'm, call, I'm just calling them both British guys they get the freaking hornies for him dude they're both they're like he's beautiful this entire scene is to admire how handsome David Hasselhoff is. Yeah. And there's a generous portion of Vaseline on the lens. Like, uh-huh. he's, like, shit radiating almost. Oh, my God. Um, and then this, then we get this line from British guy number one. He looks like a young version of you. Mm-hmm. You know. Which, which, remember that for season two. That will come in. That, that will come back into play. Or maybe even the end of season one. I don't know. Oh, my God. I, but have you ever heard about how, like, Liberace's boyfriend? Oh, like, my God. Two- yes. I saw the movie <laughs> with uh, Matt Damon. and Yeah. So apparently, apparently, allegedly, um, Liberace, like. <laughs> <laughs> coerced his boyfriend to get plastic surgery to look like Liberace. Yeah. And I got I just, I just got mad Liberace vibes from what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can I can get it's because like he wanted to be like I think he wanted the the people to think it was his son so they could spend all the time together and not, you know, have suspicion. Because you, you you love your son. You spend time with your son. You have your son be your chauffeur. You sleep with your son. It's all I above get, that's what ladies yeah. men do. That's what ladies men just, do. Sure, sure. He's just a regular old ladies man, a real bachelor of Pontiac. He was, he was. Butch as hell. Spends a, spends a lot of time with his son. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. All right, so uh, so now we're, like, inside the warehouse that you were talking about. Yeah, they look, the when one, he said the night, the night Industry 2000 is almost ready, he looks out the window of this fucking British castle, and there's just, like, a big, <laughs> like, an Amazon fulfillment center across, across the driveway. <laughs> Complete with a lot of workers too. Like uh-huh. I want to learn more about those guys. Like, are they allowed to look at David Hasselhoff in the eye? Do they get fired? Like, the, who who knows? Oh man. 
And it's shot really interestingly. It's like it's all black, right? But with like a spotlight on Hoff because he snuck down. It's, there. it's almost David Lynchian. Like it feels like a dream sequence. Like he's like, you know, in his inky blackness, a spotlight hits him. A Cylon yeah. eye comes out after him. Yeah, that, yeah that's exactly what I was going to say. You, you see Kit's grill for the first time and the red beam going left and right, you know, and it's exactly like a Cylon's eye, which is interesting. This guy worked on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I always wondered how they got the rights to that because I think Battlestar's on a different network maybe but like this guy i guess created them both so he's like just give it to the cylon it's got the same sound effect and everything yeah. and then you get this great shot my favorite shot of the entire pilot like is david hasselhoff's legs spread apart camera mm-hmm. down shooting below his legs <laughs> and you see the car like some sort of veritable penis yeah yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> it's a great shot and then the car like Speeds directly at him and then slams on the brakes and stops a mere few inches away. Yeah, Almost it's, a, like it's, a, it's an interesting introduction, and I think it's established the fact that this car is both powerful, fast, but also has some precision to it. Yeah, and also a personality of its own, like some sort of um, black bear doing a bluff charge at a hiker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I just have written down that the big boss dresses like my granddad. That really cracked me up. He dresses exactly <laughs> like my Australian <laughs> grandfather. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and Maybe it's an Australian we... castle. Yeah, oh, uh, that probably doesn't check know. out. <laughs> there's there's some... any authentic, authentic Australian castles. <laughs> there's some old prisons, That's which true. is sort of like That's a true. castle for prisoners. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Uh, but that's where we find out that um, Michael, he's got to get out of town, dude. He wants to get out of this two-bit, you know, castle. See, <laughs> see he's a loner. Exactly. They're going to establish this many times. He's a loner. He prefers to yeah. work alone. He's tormented over the fact that he got his partner killed, so he's never going to work with anyone ever, ever again. No one. No person. Yeah. No human being will ever be his partner again, he insists. It's kind of the number one theme of the show, but he didn't really get his partner killed. No, his partner ran out into That's the true. parking lot. Didn't in wait front for backup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if uh, anything, wouldn't that reiterate the need to work as a team? Because mm-hmm. my partner went rogue and got himself. There's killed. so many times where the need to work for a team is 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 rubbed into Michael Knight's uh, yeah. face, and he just doesn't take the lesson. And, yeah, and uh, so the Hoff is like, this is my car. I could, obviously, I could just take it and leave. Right. And this is where, um, do you want to talk about the the goodies? Oh, yeah. So there's like, um, the first of all, he starts with like, oh, man, you guys did a really good job of uh, restoring my car. This this paint. He says it feels like baby skin. Baby I, skin. I've yeah. never heard a human being describe. I've heard it described like, you know, smooth as a baby's ass or soft as a yeah. newborn's, you know, but like it feels like baby skin is what babies canonically baby is, is a, what, what, what Kit feels like. Baby skin is a really weird way to put it. It is very weird. Uh, but, but it's like the normal way is to say smooth as a baby's bottom. That's actually technically more weird. I wonder if it was like that in the standards and practices were like, ah, you can't refer, you can't refer to stroke. You can't refer to baby's ass. Why grown uh, man yeah. stri- s- s- is lovingly stroking a car. You can't do it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, David, according to the terms of your uh, probation, you're not allowed to reference a child's uh, bottom <laughs> anymore. 
<laughs> so we're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> uh, so so Devin, the uh, biological C three PO, starts giving him like a tour. He's like, "Hey, take this ball peen hammer and smack the car." And you know, Hoff's <laughs> like, "I'm not gonna do that." So Devin does it, and it's like, "Oh, the car's impervious to harm." And it's like, step inside, and Hasselhoff's got the line of the pilot for me, which is, "What is this? Darth Vader's bathroom?" Yeah, I yep. remember. I remember watching this pilot as a kid. And the mo- this show had me from that point forward, like referencing my favorite pop culture with a cool yeah. car. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm in it for life. Um, and then he he uh, he explains that this is a thinking car. And, uh, and, and and the whole time, Michael is like, look, nerd, I don't need any help driving a car. He turns it on, puts the pedal to the metal and just blows out the side of this building. Uh, demonstrating that, that yeah. the car is once again uh, impervious to harm. Um, yeah. and then they just take it on a joyride. So it's 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 they this do. is and but it's the it, theme plays. So I'm happy. The theme <laughs> fires up. There's a there's a lot more like I remember some of this driving being a lot more pulse pounding, but it's really just sped up footage. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's the Blues Brothers. Yeah, style. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of like showing the car <laughs> going like 130 miles an hour on the indicator, but it's you know probably just going 50. Yeah, uh, yeah he's going like 130 miles an hour. It's like. Put it in, uh, uh, try and pass this truck, this semi truck in front of us. He's like, okay, I go 130 miles an hour and pass the truck. But it's like, so was the truck doing 110 miles an hour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and he's, then he, then he, he, like, he's been driving like a maniac this whole time. And he's like, the car takes over. Cause I guess he was unsure of being able to do this pass on this mountain road. And, and the car takes over and, and uh, puts the pedal down and passes this truck. And he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought this thing was super safe. It couldn't get in the accident. Devin's like, actually, this car is hot dogging for you. It's wanting yeah. to make it. It's wanting to make a good impression. He's like, why didn't it slow down instead of pa- speeding up and passing? It's like, I think he's showing off. But then, as a way of explanation, he says the car's primary function is to preserve life, particularly your life. And yeah, I wonder if they're setting up some interesting like Asimov three laws of robotics in the few like where like, I don't know, man, I feel like there's going to be a time where Kit can save only like like can save uh, the Hoff or he can save like a nun crossing the street and he's going to have to he's going to have to make that decision. I guarantee you, (laughs) I guarantee you before all four seasons, this show is done. They will play with this (laughs) preservation of life thing. Okay, okay, I, I do like that. But apparently one of uh, Asimov's laws of robotics doesn't include being a fucking class traitor, Kit. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, I gotta find myself in my notes. Oh, this is where we go back to the castle, and uh, the big boss, Mr. Knight himself, is on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. And he makes sure to say, One man can't make a difference. Just to reiterate the um, kind of power of the incel loner, mm-hmm. that is kind of the theme of this show, I would say. And the, the, the dialogue here is wild. It's just a bunch of non sequiturs like, hey, have you ever thought about selling that technology and making a lot of money? And he's like, I, oh, yeah. you know, and I- that. There's like the the and Devin's like you you don't understand he's the last of a breed like the Rockefellers or the Fords and I'm like yeah. oh yeah those are those are names that have not been touched by any taint of wrongdoing or malfeasance or Nazi collaboration yeah 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 are yeah. are the Winchesters or the <laughs> or the yeah. Um, but I do like that David Hasselhoff's character does come in and he's like, hey, you should sell this. Like, this could save a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. And our, 
our our malevolent loner billionaire is like, no, <laughs> fuck them. No, you got to got to fight a one man war against high profile <laughs> crime, like cry, people that are above the law. Yeah. So now that our big boss is dead, uh, David Hasselhoff is again free to try and leave on his own terms like a loner. Mm-hmm. And now he has this great costume change, dude, where he's wearing black leather pants, cowboy boots, black leather jacket. Uh, a giant WWE caliber belt buckle and a red turtleneck. The back, the 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 belt buckle was a shock. This is a, this, so this is essentially his costume for the rest of the series, except for the red turtleneck will be swapped in and out for different shirts. But the yeah. the black yeah, jeans, so. black boots, uh, black jacket, those are going to stay for for the duration of the series, as far as I can remember. Uh, is he the inspiration for that ska song? It's like black shirt, black shoes, black Cadillac. Whoa. Probably. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, Tanya. We learn we learned that Tanya, who is the woman that betrayed Michael in the original Double Cross at the beginning of the show, she lives in a place called Silicon Valley. It's Can so it's so precious how no one knew what Silicon Valley was. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like and this is an early age. This is some baby shit. Yeah, this is uh it's like it explaining is. uh this town called Dubai. You wait till you see what they're doing. They're building yeah, islands yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called a Bitcoin, Michael. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she lives in Silicon Valley. Um also, oh, and we get. I also oh, love every single time they mention Sonya, Tanya, or show her face. Uh, it always flashes back to Michael getting shot that night. Like it always has like a yeah. like a, fi- a yeah. little insert of her aiming that revolver at her and pulling the trigger. I I'm okay with this because it's like it's like Michael Knight's having a little PTSD yeah. flashback every time he hears her name because she shot him in the fucking face. Yeah, just, just like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Michael Knight has uh, all sorts of new car, uh, 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 driver's license, credit cards, IDs, stuff like that. He has a whole new identity, they made baby. A, they've made him a completely fictitious, like, Jason Bourne type of identity with uh, Social Security, like, like m- remade him from the face and the Social Security number on up. Yep. As he's leaving in kit, uh, he says to the British guy, I kind of got to like you. And you, you get, like, a real, like, weird, like, oh, you, kind mm-hmm, of a, mm-hmm. a shot from the British man. And then the theme song plays, so I'm happy again. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, he's like, I got, there's so many things I got to tell you about this car. And Michael's like, shut up, nerd. I'm out of here. You know, it is, just takes <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I would want, like, I would be reading the owner's manual. Dude, that's, that's, <laughs> no, I, whenever like, I get a new car, I unironically yeah. read the owner's manual. Because I want to see, I want to see all the uh-huh. cool functionality of this piece of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, we will learn about all these new features one episode at a time. Yep, you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, so we're back in California, just like any good TV production. You gotta get <laughs> you back gotta, to California. You gotta get back to the motherland, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, too so- expensive. Too expensive <laughs> to shoot in Vegas. Uh-huh. And uh, so this is where we have the introduction of Kit's voice, played by Michael Feeney. Michael Feeney, Mr. Feeney. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there's kind of the scene about like, you could, you're a car who talks. Right. Indeed I am. Yeah. He, uh, there's a, it's so funny. Cause like they, I think this is a brilliant conceit that they show that like Michael is this meathead kind of idiot. 
and Kit is this kind of prim and proper person. They're setting up a uh, uh, an odd couple dynamic between yeah. them because like the first words out of you know Kit's mouth is like after Michael wigs out, it's like whoa, a car's talking to. He's yelling. He's like. Uh, you don't have to yell. I'm scanning your interrogatives quite satisfactorily. It's like going to be th- one of those shows where like Kit's not just yeah. an AI that talks like a person. He's a, a AI that talks like a very particular type of person. Yeah, that's going to be wounded and hurt, and you know, that's and that's the way it is. It's kind of a funny thing about like storytelling is. It's like the machine, <laughs> when the machine has a voice, it's like very precise and particular. You never get yeah. like, oh, what up, you freaking douchebag? You want to start driving or what? Right, right. And there's none of this, there's none of this, uh, you know, uh, at Google at home or Alexis or Siri shit where like Michael will be like, hey, kid buddy, break me out of jail. And it's like, uh, oh, you want to buy batteries on sale? adding them to your cart while he's being crushed or whatever. I mean, it's like it's that's the thing that the past didn't get about the future is we'll have all this crazy technology. Like we have Night Industries 2000 cars right now. They're called Teslas and it's not legal for them to drive on the road yet. But like they're here, they can drive themselves, but you cannot have a conversation with them. They're going to butcher everything they say. They're going to do things wrong. And they just didn't get that. And I think that's so funny to see (laughs) how effortlessly they thought that the the voice recognition Mm. would work. Yeah, they really overestimated programmers. Yes, we we suck. (laughs) So uh, while um, Michael's on the road driving kit, he gets a little bit sleepy and he falls asleep behind the wheel. And... uh, (laughs) At this point, um, we get uh, two of the biggest cracker cops in the history, maybe, of cinema. (laughs) They're real goofballs. Yeah, like, just the whitest ass, like, cracker cops. Uh, They, like, pull in, uh, they see that he's asleep, and then they pull behind him and put on the siren and follow Mm -hmm. him. And and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, up ahead is Dead Man's Curve. And, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, Kit's able to navigate it perfectly. And uh, we get this real interesting scene where Kit um, tells Michael what he needs to do to, <laughs> to get out of being pulled over by the cops for falling asleep behind the wheel. Because because there's this, the setup is his, his head's, t- you know... Uh, laid up against the glass, like at a 45-degree angle, dead asleep, and these cops are like flashing the lights. They actually pull up beside him and are slapping on the top of the... So like, yeah. so Kit's like, you know, his vast intellect is is calculating all the possibilities. And, and what does he tell Michael to do? He was like, Michael, you need to pretend that you have a kink in your neck and keep your neck at an angle. Also, in order to um, get past the fact that you couldn't hear their siren, you have to pretend that you're deaf. These two common, this two combination, crook in the neck and deaf, uh, did not lead to a sensitive portrayal uh, by David Hasselhoff. Yeah, so the two biggest cracker ass cops you've ever heard of in your entire life get out of the car, and then uh, David Hasselhoff's like. He has his neck uh, kinked to the side. He's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Do you know sign language? Can you speak up, please? Uh It's just, it's just terrible. And he's just jerking his head or acting just like a total lunatic. Now, I have a question about these cops. Because I was like, these cops are buffoons. And I wondered if, like, this was just a common trope that's going to be, like, that the cops are kind of incompetent. Um, 
and and real goofballs or was this a subtle plot point because it's later revealed that this whole town's cops are owned by you know bought and paid for by the the computron the the goons of the episode (laughs) so these might just be you know not even real law enforcement officers they might just be like criminal thugs that has been pressed into service i don't know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be looking at how they deploy or how they how they um (laughs) show law enforcement because obviously the whole theme of this show is you can't get the job done against criminals you need a you need a vigilante so like maybe the show has some currency by portraying law enforcement as kind of uh, uh corrupt and bumbling as a matter of course this whole series isn't going to take place in the same town, is it? No. Like, <laughs> no, no, okay. no. It, it, well, I mean, it, it, strictly speaking, yes. I, I doubt that they fill more than a five mile radius from wherever the back lot is. But but no, yeah. not not in the not in the uh, not in the fiction okay. of the 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 the, right. the story. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with your assertion, but I'll, I'll bring okay. it up later when we get there. All right. Um, so uh, now we get. Oh, wait. Uh, so after all that, listen, it's just a terrible scene where um, David Hasselhoff pretends to be a deaf person to get out of a speeding ticket. It's pretty it's, bad. Yeah. All right. Freeze frame music scene fade to black. All right. We're coming back in the house of the rising sun. And boys, we are going to be here for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically like a jungle themed Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to call Hooters from here on out. And um, it's across the street from Comtron. And what's hilarious is, like, I don't think Devin has told him that she works at Comtron or any background information. He just pulls up to the first Silicon Valley factory. You know what? You're and so says, right. And says, this looks like a good place to start my search. <laughs> and hits <laughs> fucking pay dirt, man. You're so right. That he had no information no. when he pulled in there, did he? Uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Um, so he gets in a little argument with uh, Kit in the parking lot, and a, a group of um, attractive women look at him and sticker as he yells at his car. And I like that the Hob is just like he just like leans up against the car, is like, "Hey, ladies!" Like his recovery yeah. is just like, "Start the fuck up, Kit!" Hey, ladies! <laughs> <laughs> look at Tay to drink it in. And this is where uh, insert uh, our first minorities besides the guy that got shot immediately. Oh, yeah. Muncie, who can who can forget? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, we have a a Mexican guy and a black guy. (laughs) Brown (laughs) and Jackson is this this action team. (laughs) They have their own theme music and everything. That's like funky. (laughs) It is. It is. It's funky heist music. Yep. And they, they see Kit and they're like, we got to steal this car, but not today. It's too obvious right now in plain mm-hmm. daylight, but our our day will come. And then they drive off. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's late there. We enter the House of the Rising Sun, a.k.a. Hooters. So uh, Hoff is trying to do recon, and he's, like, talking to one of the bartenders, and uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, have you ever heard about this gal named Tanya? <laughs> And the, and the bartender just spills his spills his drink all over him. It's like fuck you. Uh-huh. If you if you're friends with Tanya, oh, he said uh, a friend of mine named Tanya, right? Uh-huh. If you're friends with Tanya, you're no friends of, of, of me. And uh, I think Tanya's actually in the building. Mm-hmm. At this point. <laughs> this pretty, there's there's yeah, history Peter. here. Apparently, there's history here. Painter, and then so uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, so that kind of gives his cover away, um, and Tanya, who, aka Jody West, as I'm gonna call her, 
um, is on to him now. Because mm-hmm. she looks exactly like Jess. Freeze frame, fade to black, music scene. Oh, this is really weird. David Hasselhoff, uh, Michael sneaks up on the bartender at night. Yeah. Like, at, as I, she's leaving her job, I think. And, and, and there's the classic, hey, I'm not trying to scare you as I barge out into the darkness as you're getting off of, of your work shift. Right, and she yeah. makes this weird cultural reference that I don't know. She goes, well, aren't you? He goes, hey, I'm not trying to scare you. And she goes, well, aren't you the David Niven? I, David Niven, some famous British actor. I don't know whether he's renowned for not scaring women or maybe uh, contrary. He's renowned for scaring women and she's being ironic. I, I don't know. When went over this Gen X or head, I need a baby boomer. If you're a boomer <laughs> yeah. and you can explain why uh, why David Niven would be brought up in this context. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Night Rider at baldmove.com. Sure. <laughs> That's a functioning web address. It, it will be by the time you hear this. <laughs> uh, we learn from uh, the bartender that Comtron was a great place to work for until um, Johnny West showed up. And um, apparently uh, the the high ups at Comtron like, killed the bartender's husband, like murdered him. Yeah. Yep, and since the cops are all corrupt and on the take, I guess they the the investigation okay. never went anywhere. You know what? That that does play into your theory, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So she's like having a hard time even keeping food on the table at this point. And Michael um, got her fired at her last job over the discourtesy of dumping drinks on his crotch. Crotch. So she's like really in a bad way here. I don't think she got fired. No, really? Okay. I thought the guy, I thought that she'd implied that she'd lost her job, but I, I don't know. The, uh, her I boss she, is pretty pissed that she's just dumping random, random drinks on people's crotches. It's it's on the line. And that, so they go back to bartender's apartment. And this is where we get a real interesting Mexican nanny scene. Because yes. Bartender is now a single mom. She has a, I don't know, nine, 10 year old boy who's uh, a real rascal. And um, and the bartender's like, I haven't had a man back at my apartment since my husband died. But the nanny is like, you have a winner. He's a good one. Don't let him go. Yeah, immediately asked when they're getting married. Like, and, and that's what I mean. Like, almost every one of these scenes has just a lot going on. Like, it's not enough that we meet this girl uh, who's lost her husband with this complicated thing. She has this relationship with Tanya. She also has a child. She also has uh, a nanny. The nanny has uh-huh. the hots on David Hasselhoff. Like, it's just... <laughs> it's it's amazing how much of this pilot is devoted to people remarking uh, how beautiful David Hasselhoff is. I don't know if that was in his contract. <laughs> no less than four discreet characters... <laughs> <laughs> Shell comments on my beauty. Yeah, he was too, he was pissed that two of the four were were British gentlemen. He's he's yeah. expecting. He's like, I thought it was understood that they would all be hotties. Yeah, uh, yeah he's like, that only counts as one. That's right. That's right. Um. So yeah, exactly. And the young boy's like, "Are you gonna marry my mom?" Mm-hmm. Like that's oh boy. Mm. That would hassle. I there. think that would hassle the Hoff in real life. That reaction. <laughs> and this is where we find out. That Comtron, the microchip company, um, sponsors a demolition derby. 
which I think I would have called bullshit at the time. But when I see what the execs of Silicon Valley have gotten up to, like a uh, celebrity demolition derby featuring all late model cars is kind of tame by Silicon Valley <laughs> excess standards. Well, exactly. That's that's one of the caveats to enter this demolition derby is it's new cars only. Mm hmm. No mm-hmm. old cars at all. Um, and that's where we get uh, a freeze frame, a music scene, and a fade to black. Oh, the kid, when he finds out that Michael's going to enter his car, it ends in like, him just being like, yeah! Like, he's just, yeah. this is the coolest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah, the kid is soaked. And if you thought that was the last you're going to see of this rascal, you would be wrong. Dead fucking wrong. <laughs> so that's um, that's the pilot. Now for the thrilling conclusion of Night of the Phoenix. Night of the Phoenix. <laughs> it was kind of like it's more of like a day of the like. Yeah, it's kind of it like, like a, it, a it's, lunch break of the. Phoenix. It's more like a knigget of the Phoenix because it's spelled like night, of course. Yeah, you ready to jump into part two? Let's do it. We'll be back to talk more about why is Mister Feeny a car after this quick break. And now we're back with more. Why is Mister Feeny a car? All right, part two. I have written here banger because I love the theme so much. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it won't get it's old. So good. Uh, we get a like a recap of everything that happened on the last episode. So that I, I guess um, like you'll do that on your pilot, but you're not going to do that on your the rest of the episodes. So get the same treatment. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like because it also this was like a this was like a TV movie when it originally aired. And then when it was rebroadcast through syndication and through reruns, they split it up into two parts because obviously. Oh, is that true? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they got the, the royal pilot treatment. Okay. <laughs> so it's the Milton Speedway. Um, so the bartender and her child are here with David Hasselhoff and Kit. Um, Tanya is uh checking in the drivers herself mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of weird because she's like the second most per- uh, powerful person at this computron um and she's an international like industrial spy and yeah. in in, ta- in 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 take in 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 between all of her various busy duties being an evil lady she also uh organizes and administrates this charity <laughs> demolition derby that's what she does. That's what she does. You know, I guess it's like, I guess it's like Gus from Breaking Bad, you know, doing the uh, uh, DEA fun run. You know, you do a little bit of community stuff, keeps uh, keeps the right people from asking the wrong questions. You don't want that. OK, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, she's right down there with the clipboard and everything. Yep. And uh, so. uh <laughs> There's there's some negotiation that goes on um, as uh, Michael enters the race. He's he's like, um, I'm gonna go ahead and donate all the winnings to the charity because it's a mm-hmm. charity D yeah. Derby, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's not one of those pro- for profit D Derbies that mm-hmm. we all yeah. know and love. Oh yeah, the the, the, the demolition <laughs> derby circuit. Oh my god, so competitive, <laughs> cutthroat. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I need two tickets in the owner's row, which apparently is a thing, which implies that Michael, uh, was already like 
comfortable with the ins and outs of D Derby. <laughs> yeah, he just knew that they would have box seats or you know <laughs> stuff like that. And and the other question I have is like he's playing with this lady and his her child's lives. These people had her husband murdered to cover up their involvement, and now she shows up with this shadowy stranger yeah. and put, and he puts him in the front row in the owner's yeah. box. Like insane. Not, not only that, but so Tanya killed um bartender's husband right uh when he shows up he he's like uh they're like what's uh you got to pay the entry fee and he's like my car will be the entry fee and he points at it and she's right she she points right at her like wouldn't that be suspicious (laughs) to tanya like i killed your husband and now you're showing up at a d-derby yeah no i'm saying it would be in high alert like this is more like I would say it's borderline MacGruber, except for he does the MacGruber thing where he reveals that, you know, by the end of this episode, he'll reveal to Tanya. Aha, I'm Michael Long that you thought you murdered in the <laughs> desert. You dumb right. bitch. Like he's it's just like, what? This is your greatest advantage that these people don't. They think you're dead. They think you're out yeah. of the way and you are yeah. going out of your way to rub their face yeah. in the fact that you're not. Yeah, oh, it's so funny. It's so hilarious. Me, I shall gather up all the people that you know and I know, and we'll all <laughs> hang out together. Uh, so, on to the D Derby. Um, they do D Derby stuff, and it turns out, oh no, the boy's in the car. He was in the back seat. Well, little scoundrel. He's a real Anakin Skywalker fan. A- another hilarious thing is the mom loses the kid. And Michael's like, I just go up to the owner's box. It'll be fine. And she gets up and she's like still kind of worried looking for the kid. But she's going to settle in and watch this demolition derby. Why? Why try to find your kid? But I didn't notice that. But you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I just uh, just go <laughs> enjoy the race. We'll find him later. He'll he'll turn up. Sure. So the boy gets into the front seat and straps in. Now they have like racing harnesses, which I don't think were there before. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, he's like, what does this button do? And it, like, sprays uh, oil. Yeah. And just... it gets them out of a jam. And then what's this button do? And it's smoke. You know. I, I love that his James Bond console sounds like a Nokia telephone. Like, it's just <laughs> like, you know, beep, beep, beep. You know, yeah. You're just, you're just ordering pizza or deploying smoke screen. Who, who even knows? Yeah. And at some point, he puts Kit in auto mode. And auto uh, in auto mode, Kit does that, like... Uh, up on two wheels move yeah because they try to box him out they try to box the newcomer out and he just fucking gets on two wheels and and goes between them (laughs) never seen that shit before (laughs) not since uh i watched a youtube video from saudi arabia (laughs) um (laughs) they do do some car shit they do get up to some car shit in saudi arabia for sure so we uh (laughs) we we get a um a look at some of the other drivers and one of them I'm pretty sure. Can you confirm me on this one? I'm pretty sure it's from the Blues Brothers movie, the original. Yes, he sure he's is. Like, We're the good old boys. We got the Winnebago. Yeah, he's, he's also the the NATO general uh, in in Austin Powers. That oh, like really? is part of their way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he this guy's a pretty famous character actor. I almost looked. Uh, Charles Napier is his name. Uh, he's, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he's like the lead goon of the goon squad. That's driving all the, the, the demo cars. And there's also like a, a real like gingery looking obese man. Mm -hmm. And I can say that cause I'm a ginger. Yeah. 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 In case you don't know. Um, and, uh, they win. Uh, If you can believe it. (laughs) 
the indestructible car that can drive 300 miles an hour with computer precision wins yeah. the demolition derby with not a scratch on it. Right, yeah. And so basically he flexes on Tanya on his way out, like, see, you want what I'm selling. And I'm not exactly sure. Does that... He just uses that to get another meeting with her. It, later. it connects to like he's trying. He's he's saying that he she, he knows that she's buying cutting edge technology, and mm-hmm. he's trying to dangle Kit's Kit's uh, baby smooth booty as a cutting edge piece of technology that she would be hot to acquire. Right. So while obviously um, strike while the iron's hot, right? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we got to drop off the bartender and the rascal kid. You know, that's the mm-hmm. thing. They have a scene where they're like, "Let's just be friends," which is yeah. And because the thing is, no- he inexplicably puts the moves on her. Like, hey, help! Thanks, not not just thanks for the information uh, and thanks for help, but like he's just like, uh, hey, you know, I'm gonna be in town for like three days, maybe. I mean, he like just like starts immediately putting on the uh, you know uh, the buddy here. I, th- I think that's his name. Uh, I think his name is Buddy. Yeah. Buddy here seems to be taking a shine. I, I got some real, some real dad son vibes off of this. Like it's, it's really <laughs> creepy how quickly he's moving with this single bomb. Does it surprise you though? No, <laughs> no, David Hasselhoff. Not. <laughs> he has a new face. He's like, in the past, he would have like played it way cooler, but he's like with my sexy new face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, Michael Long was just another guy. I'm David Hasselhoff now. Hello, <laughs> right. And then, uh, so he's got to make a call. I think he's going to call British man. Yeah, he's going to call British man. So mm-hmm. he goes and finds a payphone, And of course, he leaves the key in the ignition and the door open. And yep. then goes and finds a phone booth mm-hmm. because it's 1982. Like, that's fine. He can do everything that, but... except for make a phone call. Unless it's <laughs> a microwave phone call to an airplane. <laughs> he can do that in this episode. <laughs> but he cannot just make a landline call. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or maybe oh, Michael does oh, that because also also Kit's low key pissed this whole episode because Michael's told him to shut up. So maybe like true. like maybe Kit could do that. He's just not volunteering the information. Uh, uh, Michael, I'll drive you to the nearest payphone and you mm-hmm. can use that. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And so now the car thieves show up, and they're like, "This is too good of an opportunity." Oh, yeah. The doors open, keys in the ignition. Uh, so they hop in there, and then uh, they drive off with Kit and uh, David Hasselhoff. Like, runs away from the phone. Oh, this was, uh, and, and thematically, um, Michael's like, "I don't need an army uh, this to, to win this war." Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'd, uh, you know, you need, you need an army to fight these guys. And Devin's like, I'm offering you an army. I have yeah, vast yeah. riches. I have advanced technology. I want to, I want to fucking crew you up, dude. And Michael's like, yeah. Well, the only thing you can't beat with an army is an even bigger army. The only way to defeat to defeat a big army is with a lone man. One man. Yeah. Like, what the? Okay, sure. Okay, Hoff. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I do like. That the British guy the whole time was like, I'm trying to help you. Dude. Yes, I've got so much that I can hook you up with, dude. <laughs> I'm bored. That car you got, just a taste. Just a taste. Yeah. You should see the tank we made out of a Soviet yeah, yeah, T-35. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I do want to just compliment credit where credit's due. There's great stunt driving mm-hmm. at this point as they're just like driving around. They're doing like burnouts and shit. Yeah, man. They're going full on rocket files with this shit. 
it's uh there's excellent sun driving and um Kit uh, basically eventually comes back online. He realizes he's been stolen. And so what does he do? He drives uptown directly yeah. to the nearest uh, cop shop. And uh, does he like pull up in front of the, the police department and open the doors? No. No. no he, <laughs> Get the ejector seats, baby. Full on ejector seat action, baby. And he ejects and they <laughs> smash onto this cop car and just, you know, you don't that you don't even know. They just cut away from that because you just it's just understood that they get their ass whomped and, and taken yeah, to jail. Yeah. Like what would they be charged for with? No, you couldn't. There's no chart like like there's no crime like you uh, uh, illegally being ejected from a vehicle onto a cop car. It's, it's yeah, I mean, exactly. they're resisting arrest. I'll get him or something. Yeah, for sure. It was the 80s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Bones broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, when they got ejected with a slide whistle to add insult. The slide to whistle. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't remember Weird. that. I didn't remember the slide whistle. They don't do uh, the slide uh, whistle later on. Michael gets ejected. I'm just saying. No, they don't. <laughs> um, that so, would be hilarious. <laughs> Someone needs to make a slide whistle cut. So every time the ejection seats are used, which will be frequently, they put the slide whistle in. <laughs> yeah so Hoff and Feeney have a heart to heart um oh we go back to Jungle Hooters mm-hmm. we're back we're back boy. um so all the D-Derby losers are there and um they're like we don't like your kind we want our money and he's like didn't you know I donated it to charity and they're like we don't care <laughs> we were gonna split that $5,000 between the 10 of us uh, they don't say that, but um, <laughs> so they get in like the weakest fight scene ever. Like you never see a punch land or even be thrown. It's Dude, just they like, spend all the stunt money on drivers and they're like, and they're yeah. like, David, can you throw a punch, a convincing punch? And if the answer was yes, there would have been a, a bit of a fight scene. Yeah. I I actually don't recall much physical uh, fighting in Knight Rider. I wonder if Hasselhoff's just like, I'm not doing stunts, man. I'm not doing stunts. You want me to do stuff? I'm not, not. Do you do you want me to fuck up this pretty fit? No, huh? Or just like he threw one fake punch and like tore his rotator cuff or I something yeah. instantly. Like. Because this fight scene in, in, implies of just like uh, um, Benny Hill music playing over just yeah. guys flying from off off yeah. camera on the pool yeah. tables on the couple's yeah. laps through windows and doors and he just makes it they just end up in a big giant heap outside the door as the cops are showing up a literal uh aaron is not exaggerating a literal heap and uh, uh heap yeah. of der- derby goons is outside the jungle uh where are you calling it the jungle hooters yeah and then it like fades to black and now we're in jail and everyone's been arrested and so this is what i was saying about the cops in this town uh-huh that in this scene they still arrest the comptron goons they like, did you're right you're right but, but it's all it's all a work right because they also show that kit's being uh kit's being wheeled in uh by, yeah. by a wrecker car or what do you call that tow truck they're they're towing him into the computron facilities to try to disassemble him so i think yeah, this he's... whole bit was just a way to get michael separated from the car yeah for sure um and it goes yeah it goes to comptron not to an impound lot and yeah i guess they're I, I guess like the guys at comptron are like yeah go ahead arrest our thugs if it makes it look better for you just arrest mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So now we have um, the original cracker cop that pulled over Kit back when he was pretending to be deaf. 
Yeah. He's also in charge, I guess, of in- intake of this jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's back, and we got, like, the good old boy guy. Um, No mention of the previous interaction they had the previous day. I thought no. that, that that would have been nice little continuity of this little bit of, like, oh, it seems like you can hear now, jackass, or no. There's a lot, yeah, and so there's a lot of interaction between them that, I mean, kind of, it, it goes nowhere, but... David Hasselhoff does have the line sit and spin, which is just kind of interesting. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, Carton, I think he, tell, he tells the cop to sit and spin. Yeah. He's a, it's no, it's the dirt when the evil derby guys uh, is mm. trying to ask kids, well, what's that car made out of anyway? And he's oh, like, yeah. sit and spin. Oh, but we, we've skipped over the part where he, he uses his one phone call on Devin. Who right. really enjoys. Oh, mm-hmm. you want to be a team player now that you're rotten in jail? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's going to take me some time to get there, Michael. Perhaps you'll have to resort to other means, whatever the hell that means. Oh, we know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, because he trade takes that, it trade like... that ass for cigarettes. <laughs> Not what I meant, but <laughs> almost as though, like, to get Michael out of jail, he has to fly from Britain. <laughs> right, yeah. To get there, he has to fly know. from Downton, Downton Abbey. Um, so yeah, so the good old boy, uh, he shows up and he's like, <laughs> I, I do love this exchange. He's actually a good actor. He's like, you got any friends to call? And, uh, and Michael's like, yeah, I got one friend. And, and the good old boy's like, hey, that's good. <laughs> he's, he's so positive about the fact that he has one friend. And I actually kind of like this because in the scene before, like, Kid expresses hurt. Like, I can't believe you left me so vulnerable. You left my door open and the keys ignition. And, like, Michael feels a little bit bad, you know, and's like, okay, I'm sorry. I guess I do need. So, like, they are starting to turn the corner on this, like, buddy. This is what it is, this buddy cop, only the cop car is the buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's it's they're starting to bend this little like him from like being a loner to like well I'll allow this he's not even a real person I'll allow him in my inner circle. It's amazing to me that the car doesn't have like a a thumbprint like uh, there's no security yeah yeah or, you know or maybe a door that automatically closes itself after fifteen seconds sure sure <laughs> yeah. um so I. Th- Correct me if I'm wrong here. Michael's able to contact Kit through his wristwatch. I don't think so, because I don't think they've established a wristwatch yet. Or does Kit just go rogue? I think Kit just goes rogue. He's like this because there's a scene of them fucking around trying to drill in the kid. I don't know why they just can't put him on a lift and like start unbolting him like. You know, molec- like, 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 yeah. How do they maintain kit? Like, it's is surely the bolts are molecularly bonded, but you can still unbolt them, right? Like, I don't know why they're trying to drill through this car's car door, but but they they're trying, and they also find out that Michael Knight has got fabricated fingerprints, expertly yeah. done fabricated fingerprints. Yeah, but not so expertly done that like the overnight thumbprint place wasn't able to crack it yeah 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 yeah. or or like it's not so well done that you can't like how can you tell that someone's fingerprints have been redone (laughs) yeah like did they have like some kind of trademark on them or is there some kind of like date or like i don't know it's wild like shouldn't shouldn't really expertly done uh, finger uh, prints be indistinguishable from natural organic ones (laughs) in theory yeah um, so, uh, speaking of Kit going rogue, uh, he busts out of the, and I just want to say, yeah, if they got him on a lift, what could he do? Yeah, he'd be, and, and, I'd and, be fucked. 
if you got all four wheels off the ground, what what could you do? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, they <laughs> they didn't do that. <laughs> Kids, so kid, the only thing Kid can't stop is four cinder blocks. <laughs> He's that's his that's his kryptonite. <laughs> I would love to see someone rip off Kit's wheels and then see Kit try to ride around on his rims, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sparks flying. Hey, season four. Um. So yeah, he uh he breaks out of Comptron. He smashes through the aforementioned Cinderblock wall of the police cell. Maybe that's why he just hates Cinderblocks because he goes. True. It's his natural enemy. Yeah. Uh, and he's able to bust uh, Michael out of prison. I couldn't help but notice that he almost kills Michael. Like, he ends up like, this is a precision jailbreak. He smashes through three cinder block walls, the steel gate, and then he ends up with Michael pinned against the wall by the hip. And Michael's yeah. like, hey, thanks, thanks for rescue. Like, not a, like, you almost killed. Yeah, it's all part of the plan, I guess. It's close. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine how violent this would be if you're just sitting near the jail cell and this yeah, just happens? It's not like he could, um, like, compute every single um, cinder block fragment that yeah. might, like, <laughs> bounce right through his... Well, I guess he has some plate on his skull, gonna so. to call. They're going to have to call Devin and say he's going to need a new face. <laughs> he, he, took, he took a jagged brick of, of uh, cinder block to the face. We're going to need a new face, Devin. Someone get Tom Selleck on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now, uh, so now they're driving back to Comtron, and um, <laughs> Tanya tells Tanya tells the guards shoot to kill, which is like, how like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, she's I not feel, fucking around. I feel like I would be asking questions about you know maybe my uh, vacation package. Yeah, what's what's in it for me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will find that out later because we're like ten thousand dollars for whoever murders him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Kit drives um, Michael up to the building and, ba- and Michael's like, eh, "That's uh, over a hundred feet tall. How am I gonna get up there?" And Kit's like, "Adjust my psi to six hundred. And they do a little ejector seat, and um, Michael's on the roof. And I thought it actually looked pretty good. Dude, honestly. I was actually, I think what they did is they just did a standard stuntman fall where the guy just fell off backwards, and then they yeah, played it yeah. in, in, reverse, in reverse, and it looks like, yeah. it, it looks perfect. It looks like he got boosted up to the top of the building. I mean, yeah. f- credit yeah. where credit's due. It looked, it looked good. It's a reason. <laughs> yeah. I, there's a reason uh, eight-year-old me fucking love this show. Yeah, right. Um so he, uh, Michael is sneaking through Comptron, and uh, there's this great scene where he, he finds, like, a, a directory of the building that's, like, 200 pages, and he flips it for a quarter of a second, he's like, ah, oh, it's on floor three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he trots off. Um, and, um... And, then, and meanwhile, Tanya's in the same building, and she's, she's like, going through trying to get yeah. all the tech that they've stealed ready to go so that she can meet her lover security guy at the airport and get the fuck out of there. Yes. That's what's going on. And as she's doing that, Michael gets a drop on her and Mm -hmm. like lowers a gun on her, like has, has her dead to rights. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, it couldn't be that easy. Um, and (laughs) for 
forget exactly what do they talk about so she goes first of all she tries to play like i'm just a patsy i'm just a beautiful girl and i was put up with this and he's like no i know you're calling the shots and she's like that's right i am the boss and you're exactly the kind of strong employee i like she just switches on a dime (laughs) to the other seduction and just as michael's like he reveals that he's actually michael long yeah I forget what he says. He says but he gives uh, this, clue, so this like, isn't some clear, clear starry night in Las Vegas. And yeah. she kind of like you can see her eyeballs click like, oh, fuck, you're Michael Long. And yeah. just when she makes that connection, a, a security guy that looks like fucking Don Knotts yeah. uh, from Mayberry <laughs> Police Department comes in like, oh, 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 and she's like, shoot him. And he, she, he blows Michael Knight away. looks like it gives it takes him down. Uh, and uh, Tanya flees. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Michael Knight shot that cop too. Maybe I don't know. That that because might have been too bad guy. I I don't I don't know if there's two if there's a Han Greedo situation here. We never hear from him again. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> she, she bails right. Tony gets out of there. Uh, Michael, he's bleeding. He's like holding a wound on his chest. Uh-huh. He's got blood all over his hands. He's stumbling like through through the hallways and stuff. And there's another cop that he likes, basically Steven Seagal's, mm-hmm. like snaps his neck uh-huh. and um takes <laughs> takes his uniform and takes his radio. And over the radio, they're like. Uh, uh, cop number two, cop number two, come in. Are you okay? And and Michael Knight's like uh, checking in, and immediately they're like, "That's not cop number two. <laughs> his cover is completely blown right away." Yeah, it's like if 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 Han and Luke stole the stormtrooper outfit, and then at the bottom of the la- of the ramp of the Millennium Falcon, a random stormtrooper says, "Wait a second, you're not the right." Like it doesn't yeah. help him one fucking dick yeah. length towards <laughs> getting away out of this thing. Four two one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so, but, so he basically bails out of the building at this point. He gets outside, he, he goes downstairs, he gets outside, and the world, lucky for him, the world's dumbest cop is there, and... <laughs> and it's stiff competition in this town. Yeah, and they call over the radio, over the radio, you hear on this, on cop number three, dumb cop, uh, you hear, like, uh, all, all cops be advised, and... Just FYI, these are private security for Comptron. These aren't like police officers. Yeah, they're rent cops, yeah. They're rent cops. But uh, he's like, um, you hear over his radio, like, be advised, Michael Knight has stolen a police uniform and he's using it to try to escape right now, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so Cop 3 is like, I'm too smart for you. I got him. He's like, he radios in to like the big boss, like, I got him, I got him. It's like, good for you. Don't let him move an inch and you'll get $15,000. Ooh, this just keeps on happening. You know, it's kind of like a critique on capitalism when you think about it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish Kit had just run him over. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Taking him out of the knees. They're not going to do that. So Kit just like perfectly pins him up against the wall and he surrenders. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he does the, he does the like, uh, you should look behind you. And they do the subverted like, oh, there's nothing behind it. It's, it's Kit. It's Kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just some dumb car. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, uh, the, when this guy gets pinned, he starts immediately begging for his life. And he's like, I got a dog. I got a sick mother. I got I could really yeah. use that 15 grand, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly what he says, which is so funny. His first thing is, I got a dog. I yeah. got a sick mother. <laughs> Not a wife and kid, a dog and a sick no. mom. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so then freeze frame. 
fade to black music scene. Michael is in the car, in kit, and he's bleeding out. Bleeding so out. So this is like this is kind of gonna be the last uh, leg of this journey. Is like, can Michael finish his duties with the blood loss that he sustained from this bullet wound? Mm-hmm. Furthermore, does he have the humility? to surrender any sort of agency or control over to the vehicle. Because mm-hmm. he, the vehicle could just drive him there better yeah. and faster than he could, especially yeah. with considering he's dying. Oh, and they're going to Also, the this airport. is the point where Kid has no problem opening up a direct line to Devin, who is flying in his private jet across the country. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no fucking uh, uh, phone booths here. That definitely, yeah, I think speaks to earlier in that scene being more manufactured by Kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're heading to the airport, right? Um, the obese leprechaun um, is in a semi, <laughs> and he's gonna, he's gonna block the he's gonna block the road, right? Yeah, with the with the semi. And uh, we have a little showdown here. We learn. Um, oh no! Later is the bounty, but. Um, Basically, at the very last second, Michael, even though he could definitely just be like, Kit, jump me through that uh, semi, he presses the button at the last second to jump through. Yeah, and it's like, there's just, it's just also interesting because they just make it a big deal, like this is the first turbo boost assisted jump. But like they did this literally at the beginning of the episode, and that was the, that's how he won the uh, car race. Is that he came to this yeah. big shine, and and Kit just did the turbo boost, and they jumped over it. Yeah. So it's like Kit's like revealing this, like you don't know about this special power. That's uh, this thing I highly advise. And he's like, how do I do? And like I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, did you guys forget that you revealed the technology? You know? Yeah. It's not a sequence for sure. And also Kit used it by himself on his way to deposit the minorities at the local jail. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It's now the third canonical turbo boost, but we're going to make it. It's, it's also weird. It's like seeing the Power Rangers transform into the Megazords. And then like like five minutes later, uh, well, I don't know what the, their, their foggy face mentors like you got to tr- you got to use your keys to transform into the Megazords. Like, yeah, dude, we know. We did that. We did this twice yeah. now. But okay, okay, make it a moment. Fire up the theme song again. It's cool. We're going to use this at every available opportunity from here on out. This, this is, is also a, to- a, a momentous part or point in their career because this is the first time that Michael ever refers to Kit as Buddy. And that's going to be like the go-to throughout the rest of the series. Wait, does he? Yeah. The first time he, they boost over that truck, he's, he says, uh, good job there, Buddy. But like based off of the child? But no, 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 no. Like when he bought when the way do the truck when they did not not that the he, he no oh no I don't think there's any relation I think that's just Michael's go to I don't think the child I actually wonder if the child's name's not Buddy it's just that that's what Michael calls everyone because he's got face blindness uh, like if he calls well, Devin Buddy next episode we'll know we'll know listen I'd like to see you get shot in the face at least two times and not have some sort of yeah <laughs> ha- blindness a, of some sort have an elaborate metal construct in my skull yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What up, buddy? It's like I call everyone at work boss. Like, just <laughs> call every single person boss. You gotta do what you gotta do. All right. So that now there's a fifteen thousand dollar bonus for anyone who's gonna do a head-on collision with Kit. And <laughs> it is funny. It's like um, there's this trucker who's like fifteen thousand dollars. What am I supposed to do with fifteen thousand dollars if I'm dead? Uh-huh. And the- the Comptron CEO's like, okay, $25,000 is like, 
it, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> give it a shot, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What can you do with 15,000 that you can do with 25,000 dead? That's what I want to know. What a paltry... I mean, I know this is 1982, so this is probably like the equivalent of like $250,000. But, but still... Still, a relatively paltry sum to to <laughs> kill someone with your with your fucking truck. You're gonna lose your CDL for sure, buddy. You got you got to you got to consider your lifetime earnings versus the one you know one twenty five thousand dollar payday. Right. Well, this this semi cost me seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, so and then uh, you know they're doing that thing that classic scene. They're driving down the highway, pointed directly at each other, and we get another jump. Plain and, chicken. Um, uh, we should know, uh, note that um, much like how um, uh, Winton Knight was observing everything from his own helicopter at the beginning of the show, mm. Solo 2 is Comtron CEO observing everything from his own helicopter. Wilson, which is a kissing cousin to Winton. Yeah. Ooh, think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They're like, he just jumped over that truck. Oh, my God. And so the Wilson, the uh, Comtron CEO, is like, get me closer. I'll shoot him with my shotgun. And uh, so they fly the helicopter closer, and it, it they fire it, and it ricochets off the window, and it damages, like... And I don't know if it's an engine, but it damages the helicopter on yeah. the opposite side of the I, helicopter. Yeah, I noticed that too. I don't know where they did. They, they yeah. did some kind of flip fray, or they just fucked it up in the continuity. Or they must have. But, but anyway, I gotta say this was peak 1980s excitement. You got a fucking oh, yeah. helicopter and a car and a highway and a night chase, like, and they're all in the yeah. same frame. They're not like that. that this is this is some pretty <laughs> big bucks for spending. That's true. It wasn't just like, all right, cut to this helicopter that's hovering. Right, probably. and then, then have him look over his shoulder, and then it's back to <laughs> yeah. the, yeah, it's like, they're all in the yeah. same frame, and, and pretty close yeah. pretty close to the ground flying. That's true. All right, I understand why you love it so much. No. <laughs> uh, but again, it's like the stunts are unbelievable in mm-hmm. this show. Yeah. Um. So they, since the helicopter's damaged, they have to retreat to the airport anyway, and the uh, the helicopter pilot really wasn't having it to mm-hmm. begin with. He was always kind of like, uh, if you want to shoot him again, you can jump out and do it yourself. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, we see what happened once, yeah. So now we're setting up our climatic um, conclusion at the airport where mm-hmm. every one of the bad guys are trying to load up and get into an airplane to fly away, presumably to Panama or Cuba Some or Some non-extradition or country, yeah, sure. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they, exactly. got all their, they got all their stolen industrial espionage secrets. They're going to retire as a, as, as a technologically-fueled billionaires or something. And um, Kit and Michael get it there. Michael's still got it in uh, manual control, mm-hmm. by the way. He is not relinquished. It's a real... It's a true... Uh, John Henry story, I would mm-hmm. say, of man versus machine. And even cites it like, hey... Mr. Knight believed in the power of the individual, so yeah. I got it has to be my hand on the wheel bringing these people down, or else he's wrong, and you don't want yeah. that, right? British guy's like, I can get you a tank. <laughs> <laughs> I can call an airstrike. I have a private <laughs> air force. I can just get some fucking fast movers in here with some Willie Pete and some Boom Boom, and we can just, just uh, solve this. Fuck it. We're judged during execution anyway. Just say the word. The yeah. pilot is on our side. You're know, Airwolf. Airwolf. I got. Air, I actually got Airwolf. I can just call Airwolf up. We can take care of this. <laughs> Airwolf. And um, so they square off on the runway, and Kit and Michael are able to 
kind of just drive through the wing of the plane, yeah. I would say. They Slice damage, that thing right off. Which, like, I would, I don't know, like, that, uh, what is it, Trans Am? It doesn't have a, a high profile, mm. I would say. I, like, I'm actually kind of shocked they didn't get it up on two wheels, so I, they really got oh, the, the like, knife. I thought that's what they are going to go for. I thought they were going to do a jump through oh, the wing. Oh, yeah, turbo boost through the tail or something, but that's that shit's expensive. Yeah, they kind of just cruise through it. I guess mm-hmm. they're out of budget or mm-hmm. whatever. And <laughs> so now, so now the plane is disabled, and now it gets really weird. <laughs> Cause like, uh, uh, Knight Michael Knight, who's like bleeding out, he's like dying in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and Tanya runs out, and she has like a snub nose revolver, and right. she's like, "I'll take care of this motherfucker myself." Basically, uh-huh. <laughs> and she runs up to the window. And Michael Knight does this thing where he's like, Tanya, no! Rich, why? Why? (laughs) He was about to kill her like five minutes ago. (laughs) Right? No, because he's faking. He's like, no, please don't shoot. Oh, you think he's what? Oh, that's a darker interpretation. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, don't shoot directly at me through my ricocheting bulletproof windows that were just established a second ago. Don't do it. And she does exactly that. The bullet ricochets off the window killing Tanya and, and she no, didn't have a plate in her head because she's a fucking filthy draft dodger if she would have done her part and serve Jane Fonda you would have you know we would had the lady night rider and wouldn't that have been a cool thing <laughs> lady night rider uh so that's uh, I guess the and does what happens after that? So kid, I, kid, kid drives Michael to the hospital, leaving the cops oh, to right. clean up this mess. This this plane explodes for I don't know why, but the plane oh, completely yeah, explodes. Yeah. Tanya's yeah. lying there dead. Uh, Wilson and his goons are just kind of like looking around, stunned and confused. And then Michael just drives off. Kid just drives him off, takes him to the hospital. And Wilson's the worst guy out of all of them. Mm-hmm. He's the one in charge. I think he skates. I think he just walks off. Yeah, but. Uh, second in charge woman who like basically did all of his dirty work mm-hmm. she gets killed and we're just like justice justice to serve this is why you need oh. a one man well equipped so they didn't have Devin in a flying jet they're presumably flying back to uh, Downton Abbey I don't know how Kit's gonna get back I guess he's just gonna drive his happy ass back he has, a, he has a boat attached to it like <laughs> um, amphibious and he says it's it's so funny because like uh, Hasselhoff's in the seat and he's like, oh, this is a loner's dream. Yeah, I've, I've got the words. I've got the most fantastic car, oh. all the money and the resources, a chance to prove oh one God. man can make a difference. And Devin's over there like, yeah, me bankrolling you uh, yeah. with with this like hundreds and thousands of technicians and workers behind you and the whole like, yeah, yo, no, yo, it's a low. It's a one man army, though, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the whole, just the whole loner's dream, me and my cool car, killing women. It's like, is this an Elliot Rogers manifesto? It is. It is. Uh, so <laughs> did you, so I guess this was in large part, uh, this was a joke. Like Glenn Larson was pitching to a studio and they're talking about like, you know, how, you know, they, they had this thing where they're, you know, they couldn't afford good actors, but bad actors couldn't do dialogue. You know what <laughs> do? And Larson said, well, we, we need is the six word plot. Where you have a good-looking guy get up from a from having sex with a model in the beginning of the episode, and he says thank you. Uh, right. He the, his, he goes to his boss who gives him an order to do, do on a mission. He goes okay, 
Then he gets in a car <laughs> who's super advanced and intelligent. It drives him around, does all the thing. And at one point he has to get out of the car and yell freeze. And then <laughs> the grateful residents of the town that he saved or whatever have to come up and, th- and he has to say, you're welcome. So he yeah. only has to say six words in each pilot. But I guess the, the network, pi- the network people are so enamored of this talking car and the guy that only has to tell, say six words that they hired David Hasselhoff to be in the car and be the six word man, which uh, I believe it. I, it's an open question. Like I'm, I'm curious to see whether there's anything behind the, uh, the, the Hoff mystique, because I read, um, there was one little a tri- a trivia tidbit. I read that like David Hasselhoff is six foot four, and he was Damn. aghast at the idea of looming over all of his co-stars. So he put in a writer in his contract that they'd have to hire tall women huh. so that he doesn't like appear like just, you know, giant beanstalk man beside them. Uh, so <laughs> and like I'm wondering, and uh, there's also I, I, there's almost like spoilers I can't get into. But there's some like incredible asks that ha- uh, that uh, Hasselhoff has of the network and that they acquiesce oh. to. Like I'm. Yeah. Does he have a musical scene. There might be, there might be, because God loved this man. Used to love every promo he'd show mm-hmm. up to. He'd drive up Kit. He'd get out and be like a Good Morning America, and then he'd sing like uh, Chubby Checkers, uh, uh, do the twist, and he'd get in Cat Kit, and he'd drive off. And that was the way they did promo for the show. Because yeah, he had this. I guess he has an unironically good music career in Germany, of all places. Uh, well, I don't really legend. trust. I don't. I I've heard that too. I don't trust the Germans to be good taste of music. Like, yeah, they peaked at like Wagner. All those records were lost when the walls <laughs> fell. So, like, you know, <laughs> the, the, original... the Stasi had uh, extensive records of his music career, and they were just all lost. <laughs> it's all gone. It got purged. Not even like CD, like a like a vinyl record. <laughs> uh so that's yeah they they, they have one last uh, theme song as uh, michael drives out to the desert and uh, yeah. the credits guy informs him he's a he's a lone crusader and uh that's that's yeah yes it's, it's kind of like the libertarian dream really like um especially like i'm a lone crusader who's being bankrolled by like mm-hmm. a billionaire i'm doing it all by kinda... myself yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm the t- i'm the tip of the iceberg don't look underneath the water i just yeah there's nothing down there yeah doing it all I by am... himself and his supercar i understand in the future there's gonna be more teammates maybe including like a, a female love interest just just from what i've mm-hmm. peeked ahead on but yeah there's we'll I, I, I was surprised at how like they some of this the some of the mainstays of the show kit busting through walls, the ejector seats, the turbo boost, uh, the, the, the playing of chicken, because you know, uh, that's, that's, that's an auto win for, in fact, I used to own the Knight Rider board game. Oh my God. Where one player got to be kit, which was this black plastic car. And then they had four, uh, menacing drivers were trying to chase him down. And every time the, the, the cars could pin the kit down on the, the board game, it, the game would be resolved, uh, with a game of chicken where kit had a deck of like three cards and the opposing driver had a deck of three cards. And they, the, the, the cards revealed like going straight, swerving left or swerving right. And you secretly picked out a card and you went against Kit and the, and the player that played Kit flipped over. And essentially, if any of the paths led to Kit hitting the car head on, Kit won. 
because he always yeah. wins ahead on. But if you could make Kit swerve, if he missed you, then then that then then you defeated Kit mm-hmm. because I don't know he's humiliated. Like like like, like 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 Kit was forced off the road and he just can't go on after that. Uh, but but no, yeah, that, it, that's a core mechanic in Knight Rider, the chicken the chicken game. I guess like if like if you know Knight Riders out there and you want to rob a bank, like hire an army of like uh, go kart drivers or whatever just mm. to distract Kit. Yeah, like keep yeah, yeah, them yeah. moving away from where you're trying to be. That's or, the only way. Or to you do an them. Italian job. You get four identical Mini Coopers and Kit's like, I don't know, Michael, which one? Which one do we go after? I don't know, oh, good buddy. Did. Yeah, I'm stupid. You're the brains. Yeah. You don't think Kit could figure that out? He probably could. He'd do a scan. He'd see that the ones at the gold are riding four inches slower. And, yeah. yeah he'd well, be... Michael, this car ahead of me only has 36 PSI in his tires. Whereas... <laughs> I don't even know if that is in the wheelhouse yeah. of where, where your car PSI should be at. But <laughs> it's, Yeah, I think that's uh, 32 to 35, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm curious. I, so I don't know, like, uh, or probably just do a single episode at a time. And see yeah, where this so. see where this thing goes, um, but yeah, uh, I, th- I so when I looked ahead, there's one that has a bunch of bikers. That was a fun one. The, uh, the, what else did the, I watch? the eighth episode of the season, I think it's called. Maybe it's the seventh. It's called uh, "Trust Don't Rust." It unveils this is this happened way earlier than I thought. It unveils an evil version of Kit, and it is like a real moment it's it's like like i i i remember almost all of this fucking episode um and that's uh th- so that, that's i say like if we get bored with the week to week car heist of the week we might just skip ahead to do the like the big myth arc moments yeah to be honest the one that happens uh, uh the biker episode nothing major happens mm-hmm. and it's weird they introduce a whole new uh love interest and a new young boy it's like is this this all- is going to is this- <laughs> What's wild is like I I I was in my research I sa- I saw that like in season two they started really dialing up the child friendly aspects of the show because apparently uh, season one was intended to be darker and more mature, but it does seem like yeah they threw like it's there's something forever like you can't just have a dude doing cool things in cars you gotta have a love interest or else the the chicks won't watch it you gotta weird. you gotta like, have a buddy a little kid so the the kids can identify they you don't need any of that that any of that shit but they they throw it in there anyway yeah. If you're a family of three, right? Yeah. A conventional American 1982 mother, father, child, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's like you need a, a little boy in there to appeal to the little boy. Yeah. And then you need like the single mom in there because the mom's fantasizing about real life dad, like getting out of the picture so she can move on and be with a David Hasselhoff. But then dad of the family's pretending he's David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Yeah, who he's not is... pretending he's the he's the widower. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's the one of the new the new the the new secret family each week. Um, oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm excited to see where this goes because I was looking at some of the plots, and you got the biker plot, like you said. There is a evil rancher stealing water supply from a town plot. Oh, I like that. Uh, there is a political uh, machinations against uh, uh, killing an energy bill. Like, how does how does Knight Rider... Like, what? this is... We're running pretty far afield of organized crime that can't be stopped uh, except by well-bankrolled billionaire <laughs> vigilantes, right? You know? Well, well, Michael, we're just going to have to canvas the area and elect a new state representative. Yeah, I don't roll that way, Kit. <laughs> uh, there's a there's there's some some interesting ones. Like I said, there's the evil car. Uh, there's the evil 
evil uh kit episode and i guess season two is the one that begins as a two two episode mini arc of evil michael knight and oh, the that, evil that, semi kit so that sounds fun that yeah. one does sound super fun yeah they, they were they actually legitimately managed to put like michael and kit in danger because most of these things like you know the 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 it, it's there's not a lot of tension because kit yeah. is literally indestructible yeah and kit's whole what? job is to keep michael breathing so like what the hell's possibly going to go wrong you know once once michael's in the car he's indestructible yeah like, that's true when he's it, outside it's just God yeah. mode. although so there's the army one i think we should watch the army one at least yeah 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 that one i saw uh, the the preview for that there's a lot of cool yeah. explosion driving on that one yeah there is <laughs> it's a pretty buck wild plot uh but it's like Michael, or, or he's like, Kit, are you are you able to like withstand the blast of a howitzer? It's like I don't know, Michael, and I don't want to find out. So at least there's like a little <laughs> bit of like yeah. tension there. Yeah, Kit, Kit's not foolhardy the way uh, Michael is. I heard they're the odd couple. Exactly, um, they really are. Anyway, if uh, we're we're gonna get up to that next week, if uh, you guys want to comment on any of our nostalgia fest here, uh, send it in. Night Rider, sure. Night Rider at baldmove.com. Uh, if you have feedback, you we'll read it. That? Huh? Can you get that domain? Oh, 100 percent. Night Rider at baldmove.com. Yeah, we got that. We got that. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks to my co-host Jesse for yep. watching this old ass show with me. It's 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 really tickled me, and we'll be I had back. A good time. We'll be back, uh, I guess, next week. Are we going to do this? Is this a weekly release? Listen, I got. I, I'm such a loser. Like I could do what I could do five <laughs> a week if we really want to. But. Uh, we we'll we'll see what our release schedule. Let's say next <laughs> week we'll have uh, the thrilling third episode, or I guess first episode, depending second episode, whether you count the pilot as first two or what. But we'll be back with another uh, Night Rider next week. Um, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jay McCain. See ya. Bye.